Hi, this is Nathan. Before we get to the episode, I want to invite you to join me on an incredible adventure this November of 2024. I am taking a small group of believers to Turkey, what the New Testament called Asia Minor, for a 12-day Bible study tour of the early church. We'll be studying the book of Acts and many of the epistles on location as we visit ancient cities like Ephesus, Laodicea, Heropolis, Antioch, Pergamum, and many more. If you are interested in joining me this November for a once-in-a-lifetime adventure as we study where much of the New Testament and early church took place, you can learn more by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. And if you're interested, don't delay. Spots are limited and on a first-come, first-served basis, and a $100 discount is available if you register before May 27th. I do hope you can join me. And again, more information is available at deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. Now, here's the episode. Welcome to episode 180 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I'm going to start a three-part mini-series on the concept of thanksgiving. Let's dive in. If you live in the United States, Thanksgiving is just around the corner. It's merely three weeks away. So I thought it'd be fun that during this month of November, that we would do a mini-series looking at the idea of Thanksgiving from a biblical perspective. Now, I realize that if you don't live in America, that you may not celebrate the holiday called Thanksgiving. But really, I'm not going to talk about the holiday. I'm going to talk very specifically about what does it mean to live a life of Thanksgiving. I know in our culture, at least here in America, Thanksgiving has become more of a seasonal thing. It's that thing that we do every November where we usually gather with friends and family and have some fun and a whole bunch of food. And it's usually that one time a year where we kind of pause life from everything and just say, all right, let's take a moment and be grateful for the things that we have. Now, this is a rather crazy year, but perhaps it's the year that we should be most thankful for. God has done so much this year. And even in the midst of all the craziness and all the lawlessness and and all the stuff that is swirling around the world, God is still in control. He still sits upon the throne. He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we don't have to vote on that, which is rather encouraging right now during the American elections. Well, again, I want to do a three-part series looking at this idea of Thanksgiving. And what I want to look at today is this idea that Thanksgiving really is more than a meal. Now, again, I'm kind of playing off the idea that Thanksgiving is this big festival thing, right? It's this holiday in America where we have the friends, the food, the fun, and and all that kind of stuff. But even as Christians, too often Thanksgiving becomes something that we have to like grit our teeth and try to pull off because it's not normal. And yet in the Christian life, Thanksgiving is the natural expression. It's just the normal reality of the Christian's life. So Thanksgiving is not a once a year celebration 
Rather, it is to be the tenor of the life of a Christian. If you were to cut a Christian open down the middle, you should see thanksgiving. You should see rejoicing. You should see gratitude. And it all stems from the fact that we have been forgiven. If we really understood all that God has done in our life to forgive us of our sins, we couldn't help but live lives of thanksgiving and gratitude and rejoicing. When we recognize that even one sin is enough to send us to hell for all eternity, and yet while we were yet sinners, while we were shaking our fist in God's face, Christ died for us and not merely forgave us our sins and redeemed our life and paying our penalty in hell for all eternity, all that has been wiped clean. The blood of Christ has cleansed. And even more than that, he has come to indwell our lives and we have become the temples of the Holy Spirit. What an amazing reality. Oh, this is so good. And yet we kind of live as if we take it for granted. But if we would live in light of the cross, if we would live in the reality that Jesus has forgiven us, wow, we would just be so grateful, so thankful. Jesus gives an incredible story in Matthew chapter 18, verses 22 through 35. And it's all talking about forgiveness and unforgiveness in that chapter. But it's interesting when you're reading through the parable of this servant, where the king was kind of doing his records and he notices that some people owed him some money. So he called one of the servants in and says, hey, you owe me 10,000 talents. And the man says, well, hey, I'm sorry. I'm, if you just be patient with me, I will, I will pay it all. And yet the king forgave the entire debt. Now, we know in the story that that servant went out and found a fellow servant who owed him a hundred denarii. And he grabbed him by the throat and says, hey, pay me what you owe. And the other servant couldn't. So that servant who has just forgiven 10,000 talents says, all right, I'm going to throw you in a debtor's prison and, and you're going to have to pay every last cent. So when the king heard about it, he called the original servant in. And I, I find it interesting. Jesus says that the king looked at the servant and said, you evil or you wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity upon you? Now, in reality, I actually think this whole parable is kind of a funny ha-ha joke that Jesus is telling. Because when you begin to get into the mindset of what is actually taking place, it is actually humorous. This king called in a servant who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, one talent in that culture was equal to 15 years worth of labor. So could you imagine? Here is a servant who owed the king 150,000 years of human labor. In our modern economy, that is billions of dollars. And the king says, pay it up or I'm going to throw you in a debtor's prison. And the servant says, hey, if you'll just be patient with me, hey, I, I promise I'll pay every last cent. Now, that is impossible, <laughs> which I think is actually kind of the, the irony or the joke that Jesus is telling. And yet the king forgave the 150,000 years of human labor. And yet out of the arrogance and out of the, the pride of the servant, he goes and finds a fellow servant who owes him a 100 denarii. 
Now, 100 denarii is, or one denarii is one day's wage. So this man owed him 100 days worth of income, right? It's about three months worth, which is a lot of money. I do get that. But when the servant says, hey, if you'll be patient with me, I will pay it all back. That actually is doable. Can you imagine if you were forgiven a debt of 150,000 years of human labor, years of human labor? Boy, the moment that you would leave the king's presence, you wouldn't even have to walk. You would be floating out of the throne room in thanksgiving because of the weight, that pressure was would have been lifted from your shoulders. That would have been amazing. And yet in his arrogance, he went and was not thankful and he was not forgiving, even though his debts had been forgiven. See, if we actually realized what God has done in our life, we couldn't help but live in thanksgiving. We would not act as that unforgiving servant in Matthew chapter 18. You, you couldn't hold us down. I remember I was out of college for a couple of years and and I owed a few thousand dollars in debt. And my my parents were very gracious. And so I wouldn't have to pay the government. They paid the debt. But then I was to pay my parents. And after a few years of paying on it regularly, they says, you know what? We want to forgive the debt. And I cannot tell you, it, was, it wasn't it was 150,000 years of human labor. But it was even just the few thousand dollars was such a weight that when they forgave the debt, it's like, I mean, there was this life flooded into my very being. There was this weight that was lifted. And I went out and had some ice cream to celebrate. Probably because it was the first time I could actually afford ice cream. <laughs> but there was such a freedom and a joy because the pressure and the weight was removed. Could you imagine living in the reality of all that Jesus has done for us? All that he has done to forgive us and cleanse us and change us and transform and to renew. And if we could see the reality of the cross, it would change everything and would radically change our lives. We would be men and women who are full of thanksgiving. You couldn't stop it. Now, this idea that Thanksgiving is to be not merely a once a year celebration or a thing we do in the morning where we, you know, we give three positive things we're thankful for. See, Thanksgiving in the Christian life is to be the tenor, the essence, the heart of the Christian. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. Ephesians 5.20 reminds us, give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5.16-18, Paul says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You want to know what the will of God is for your life? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in every circumstance and situation. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So again, as you're looking at this idea of thanksgiving, Remember that it is to be the flow, the tenor, the tone of our lives. 
that we, as Colossians 2.7 says, that we are to be rooted and built up in Jesus and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. What would it look like if thanksgiving was abounding in your life? I love what Paul writes in Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. He's kind of building a case and each verse kind of amplifies what was said in the verse previous. So in Colossians 3.15, Paul talks about the attitude of thanksgiving that you are to have. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. And then he continues that in verse 16 and kind of ramps it up. He says, let the word of God dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So there's this attitude that we are to have as believers, and that attitude is to literally bubble forth and abound out of our lives. And when it does, what you're going to hear or see or what is going to be declared is we're going to be teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in our hearts to God. And then he says in verse 17, kind of to wrap this all up, he says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks unto the Father through him. See, what would it look like if your entire life was wrapped up with an attitude of thanksgiving, that you would keep the cross of Christ before you, that the love and affection that you have for Jesus would just abound out of your life and in every activity, every circumstance, every situation, thanksgiving was at the center of it. Wow, that would change everything, wouldn't it? That would change how we talked. That would change how we lived. That would change our focus. That would change our prayer life. See, what would it look like if you and I got so wrapped up in the reality of thanksgiving, where it's not just a meal, it's not just an event, it's not just something we do in our planners or in our journals. Thanksgiving was the lifestyle of the Christian. Well, I hope that lays a foundation for where we're going to go in the next couple of weeks. I want to just continue this idea of Thanksgiving. Yes, partly because it's November and we have this big holiday coming up. But even more than that, what would happen if Thanksgiving was the normal everyday experience for the Christian? Not just in November, not just for one meal, but every moment of every single day. Well, I hope you join me over these next couple of weeks as we continue to dive in and look at this biblical idea of Thanksgiving. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. For show notes of this episode, including a list of all of those verses, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 180 for episode 180. And until next time, know I am thankful for you and all that God is doing in your life. And I'm cheering you on as you build your life around Jesus Christ. 